What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is Thursday, January 19th, and today I'm wearing Saskatchewan green for a reason. We have a very special guest. He is the only Canadian player playing in the Plus League of the season, one of only three Saskatchewan-born players uh, playing professionally. And as we're going to talk about as well, I do believe the only uh, Indigenous and Métis-born uh, athlete playing professionally as well right now. So I'd love to welcome to the Volleyball Source podcast, Straight from Poland, Mr. Dalton Sanoski. Dalton, how's it going? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Everett. I'm super excited and excited to talk a little volley and get to geek out with you here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm stoked to talk to you too. It's been on my list. Uh, I've got a nice little post-it note here, and uh, you messaged me the other day uh, upon seeing the uh, the U Sport rankings. Your SAS, your your Sask Huskies not cracking that top five yet. You said that it's a bit of a sham. I tend to agree. <laughs> You know, they've they're they just swept Trinity. Somehow Trinity's ahead of them. But hey, you know what? Let's we, we don't need to get get into it too no, much. But we don't need any animosity here yet. <laughs> yeah, no, no, n- none yet. On, on, only love for 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 the U Sports uh, uh, in general. But upon you messaging, I was like, yo, let's let's jump on a podcast. You're the, as I said, you're the only Canadian playing currently in the Plus Liga. I definitely want to talk about your journey because it's been. It's been a wild ride since you left the, the University of Sask. Uh, but first and foremost, let's just start with this season. You're playing for Biesco uh, Biala. Is that is that how you pronounce it? And- uh, Biesco Biala, yeah. The L has like a slash through it. It makes a weird sound. I'm still kind of trying to decipher Polish this season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, me too. I've been doing this for now like 10 years, and I still don't know how to how to speak Polish. So uh, big shout out to any of our, our Polish people in the Discord and whatnot who who helped me out. But playing for uh, Biesco uh, Biala, Biala, um, and how how's the season been going for 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 your team and for you so far? It's been a tough season for sure. I mean, we're I mean, we're sitting right now in relegation position in last place, and we've had a lot of turnover with our coach being fired pretty early in the season, around I want to say early November, and then our assistant coach being promoted head coach, and then just a lot of player personnel change, losing a couple setters this season getting a new setter here very soon next week and then losing some outside hitters, but we're finding ways to push through and just trying to find ways that we can play at a high level and show these teams we can compete. But I mean, the plus league itself, it's daunting. It's a physical league and play against some of the best guys in the world night in and night out. So I think it's, I love the challenge itself right there. Yeah, of course your uh, setter was Jan Zimmerman, the one of the German national team setters. He went to go play for Monza alongside uh, Steven Marr and Arthur Schwartz uh, in, in the Superliga. So you know, big ups for him. But obviously, it leaves you guys with, with a bit of a hole. Do you guys know who you're who you're picking up? Is it Pierre Puyol? We had Pierre Puyol, okay. and then he recently terminated his contract Ooh. two weeks ago. It was mutually terminated between the club and him. Uh, not going to go into too much depth on that. I don't really know too much, but. Stop losing a guy like Pooj with his resume and just his character and his compete. I mean, he gave Haynes and I so much feedback throughout the season to learn so much more about the game just through his lens. But I've overheard we're, we're getting um, Arash from Berlin, Australian national team setter. So it's a big pickup for us, especially in block and serve and defense. And in a guy cutting the ball off that high, is pretty physical. It adds a little more dimension to our team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's a lot of like world class setters that you've gone through, German national team, French national team, Australian national team to go through in, in one year. Like that's yeah. that's a lot of a lot of turnaround for one team. Yeah, it's been it's been quite the journey for us this year. We've recently just also gained a Romanian outside hitter, 
Uh, he's just got here two days ago, and we lost uh, Roland Gergay, one of our Hungarian receivers, as well. And then we gained uh, one of the Serbian legends. I'll sign him up, my boy, Konstantin Sukovic. He's out here at 36, still playing. Nice to see him coming back after a big injury in Qatar. And he's having a really good season. He's finally picking up his stride and kind of getting his legs back here. Now, you guys, Biesko uh, Biala came up from the second division from the uh... – the, was it the Torin Liga that they have? Or the, the yeah, they were down in the Torin Liga last season, from what I remember. So and 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 they got they got brought up. You guys are only five points behind Radom in the in the standings, so it's it's still possible. It's you guys could still yeah. still make it happen. Yeah, it's definitely tough. I mean, we played Radom twice this year. One luckily won both times in five. We went there in the road right after Christmas. Went up two zero. Ended up going five, and then before Christmas, we pushed Strata five at home. Gave them a really good scare. And then now at the second half coming up, it's really big for us. Polshton tomorrow, we play Lublin, and then we still got to play a lot of those teams. Gdańsk, play Jeshov in Jeshov, like it's in Zavierce as well at home. Like it's a pretty heavy second half for us. So just going to try to keep hacking at it and see what happens. I mean, we're fortunate we have a little bit of depth in some positions and a lot of guys are stepping up and playing well. And a lot of guys are what I'm finding on this group. This group's really selfless and this group's really starting to compete and gel. We would have liked to gel a little early in the season, but I think with all the thing that's going on within our program, we're starting to start to play our best ball right now. Yeah, you know, you, you just said, like, looking at your schedule, you got Olshin, Lublin, who's one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Um, yeah. Nick Scherzen, Dustin Watton, they've been having a great season. And then Zavierce, who's been one of the top teams in Poland all, all year in your next three. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah, is playing really well right now. Same with Olsen. I will not Olsen. They are deep. They can go under their bench. They have really great receivers in their middles. I mean, Averill explains himself. It's pretty self-explanatory. And a setter like Tuaniga who can force the ball from anywhere. It's it's going to make for a tough night tomorrow night for us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hey, we we, we were we brought it up in the 9x9 nine nine on Tuesday that Averill's only been blocked four times all season. That's that's yeah. disgusting. I was one of them brought that up in a video today. We were trying to scout him. Our coach was lost. He's like, I don't know what he's taking. I don't know what he's doing. And I was like, you guys got to, our mids got to play games. Our mids got to make some decisions. And I think we're going to have to win some one-on-one battles on the pins, I think. And especially with Butrin for them at the opposite. I mean, he's had quite the year himself. And he's playing at a really high level for them, especially with his efficiency. Yeah, 100%. I got the chance to see Butrin in, in uh, person this summer at the VNL, and uh, he doesn't look like much. He's, he's a little bit shorter, but dude's a freight train. He hits a heavy he's ball. Physical. He, physical. Last time we played that, them, way I think it was way back, I think he railed five aces off us. He was just he was on a heater, and I think he hit about sixty-seven or seventy percent. It was just ungodly what he did to us. No, oh, that's that's gnarly. For those those wondering, Gdansk is, uh, sorry, Olshin is currently sitting in uh, seventh uh, place, but that you know that that top group uh, in in the Plus Liga is, is so strong. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your uh, path here, because you know. For me, it was it was a it was a bit of a surprise seeing you in the Plus Liga. Year one, you're playing in France. Year last year, you're playing in Austria. How did you make the jump from Austria to the Plus Liga? That's that's the question I still kind of ask myself. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I went to I had a, I was in a great team in France. You know, we unfortunately we just staved off relegation in Nice, but I was behind a great opposite, Leo Andrique from the Croatian national team. I took a lot from him to learn and. 
my goal going in that season from the coach I played for Rocco Paris, he's like, I'm just trying to develop you. We're going to get you up to international speed. I'm going to give you your chances, take them. And then coming out of that year, I was really kind of hunkering for contracts. I just switched agents that year. And I was just looking and waiting and waiting. I signed really late last year. came out of the blue. Uh, I think I got the text from my agent July 25th about a team in Austria that was interested in me. And I was on the flight, I think, like August 2nd. And if I found out the team in the first text I made was Sam Taylor Parks. I heard he was going to Austria. And fortunately enough, we got to play on the same team together. Not too bad. A little bit of little bit of Canadian content uh, over there. You you sports representative, of course. Sam Taylor Parks played for TRU uh, back in the day when you when you were a, a, a Sask Husky. But how did you make that jump? Because Austria, not known as a top league, um, you know. And typically, we would see that jump maybe if you're going to go to Poland, then maybe you go to the second division. And yeah. I mean, maybe not too far off because BB was the in the second division last year, but they, they did get promoted. So what was it about you that uh, Biesko Biala uh, wanted you to come in and back up Jake Haynes on the right side? I think for me, I went in, like, my goal going in Austria was I wanted to play. I had, to, I had something to prove. I had a really year in France where I was pretty limited in minutes and I wanted to go in and just play. I wanted to show his physical, show I could learn how to be the guy and take 30, 40, 50 attempts a night. And fortunately enough, that happens with the schedule we had there. We were playing middle European league, Austrian league, Austrian cup. So it's like, I think we played about 45, 50 games might be exaggerating in the season. So, I mean, just the system, the coach kind of gave me the keys, the Dennis Schmeckel gave me the keys, just go be physical and demand the ball. And, I think how I my performance in playoffs and especially in the final going 4-0 against a really good team in Eichdahl, I think that caught Broking's attention. And he, I think he just liked what he saw, explosiveness as a blocker, as a server. I think I just brought that whole package I can defend from the back row. And just I think just my attitude as a young guy, I'm 25, is wanted to come in and prove myself. And eventually with the goal of, I think, Broking knew the goal I wanted to make the national team this coming year. So... Kind of got lucky. Took a chance on me. Okay, and I mean, hey, it's, it's working out. You're you're seeming to get into some games, scoring some points out there too. So it's you're you're not just you're not just a bench guy out there. Yeah, it's pretty lucky. On Sunday, got the start against Yastrzemski. It's a pretty big, uh, pretty big jump for me as a going out commit, not a single attacker. I kind of still caught myself by surprise. Wow. <laughs> and then and then eventually, hopefully tomorrow night, getting the nod again against Olsen. But just trying to build and. Trying to build my rapport as a player and just trying to go and prove something every night. I mean, I'm coming from a blue-collar program. Just everywhere I'm trying to go is prove myself, prove my worth. Fair enough. You went 7 for 17 uh, the other night against JW with three blocks. Uh, That's not bad against, you know, probably a top, like, 5-6 club in Europe. Easily. And the depth, they can go into their bench and droves. You have Hadrava, who's just a bulldozer. Boyer, Ton UT, Turboporty, Fornal. The list goes on and on and on at the depth they have, and it shows they like they're every year they're one of the top teams, and especially Champions League as well. How, how do you stay like like present in a moment like that? You know, because you're 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 naming off some of the some of the biggest names in volleyball against one of the most storied clubs in in volleyball in one of the best leagues in the sport. How do you stay present in that in that moment? I think just knowing the the chance that I've earned it. I mean. Um, like pressure is a privilege is what I've always said. I mean, that's just the opportunity to be there and the opportunity to go and prove myself. I think it lights a fire under my arse itself. I just, 
I take every day one day at a time and every day just trying to come into the office and get 1% better, whether it's I'm coming in for a block, so I'm coming and serve and at 24, 23, just any of those opportunities you can get, you try to relish. Does it give you a little bit of extra motivation that you're playing, you know, technically behind an American, which who's obviously naturally going to be you you're naturally going to be one of your best friends on the team. You know, you've got yeah. two of the only English guys who who speak English on the team. Does it, you know, give a little bit of that competitive fire, or, you know, you guys can kind of give it to each other in practice and you you know that you you want to go after him? I love it. I mean, I love Jake. I have so much respect for him as a person, as a player. Like his mindset and his approach is so similar to me. He's a guy trying to prove something, but he's so down to earth. And that's the thing. We come in every day. We don't care who's on the floor or whatever time it is. We just try to be supportive of each other. And it's the same thing. Like practice, we love it. We're hitting at each other. There was one, one practice this year. I came off position two, he tagged me in the side of the head. I got the next ball back, tagged him in position two in the side of the head, and we were just laughing about it. So. I think just the camaraderie we have and just the, like the support and how much we push each other in the weight room and practice and film just it, it's it's tough to not like when you're stuck behind a guy that's stature jake's seven footer he's physical he's a guy that can hit 120 130 but just the competitive relationship i'm really thankful for and just i'm doing anything i can to get on the floor and he's doing the exact same thing so just trying to come in and push each other that's what i love the most that's the it's, i've never had a teammate like that ever in my life which is pretty sick to say that yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it, does it does it provide you a little bit of uh, reassurance, maybe that you're you're in the right spot, you're playing in the right league, and you know you've already mentioned that you you want to play for the national team. Does that kind of give you that extra fire to be like, yo, I'm I'm right there, I can do this? No, oh, exactly. I definitely I definitely know physically I belong at this level. Skill wise, I think I can play in those top leagues in the world. I think with what I bring with my shoulder and shot selection, kind of that whole shebang, but knowing as well like. I'm just kind of scratching the surface. I haven't peaked yet. And there's so much more I can learn and grow and just get better at. I think that's the most enticing thing. And then just knowing, like, knowing who's at that depth position at opposite and what they're going to have opening up or what opens up this summer. I think what I've shown this year and what I've shown in the past, I definitely believe I belong in the mix and I definitely belong on that long list for PNL. Fair enough. Did you did you try for the national team at all last year? Uh, like, were you were you in the mix of things or – there was nothing last year. There was nothing posted online. I was looking on the websites. There was no mention of anything. Like I didn't really get an invite at all. But there was nothing posted online for guys to like apply or even go or like a tryout or anything. It was just like an email invite. So seeing that VNL list last year and getting left off it based off what they took as opposites, I was pretty chapped about it. And I think that really proved me over the summer of the body of work I put in and being able to get myself here. I said, you know what? I think I definitely belong there now what I've done. I mean, to almost Samuelvo is head coaching at Zaxa now. You're the only Canadian. Does Do you think that gives you a bit of a better shot? You know, are you kind of like, you know, letting your coach know like, hey, I just want to put me out on Zaxa, even if it's just for blocking, if it's for a serve, like I want to go and make my mark so that so that he reminds remembers me come come April, come May. We played them about two weeks ago, and my coach didn't throw me. He threw me in for like three block subs, and that was it. So I was pretty – I mean, I was all stated. I was pretty chapped about it. But, um, I mean, they're a good team. They thought – our coach thought we could be in the mix to compete and win. Played a pretty close game. I think it was 22-23 and 23. But I would talk with him. had a short conversation, stated my intentions, and whatever's going to come to fruition this summer is going to come to fruition. And, again, I'm just hoping and praying that I'm going to be in that list. Hey, man, nothing wrong with a good old cold call. Maybe next time you guys play them, just walk across, shake his hand, and be like, hey, 
I, I want to be yeah. on your roster this summer. Let's take take a look at me. Yeah, sadly we're done playing them for the oh. year now. We played them a couple weeks ago and played them in the first half, so we don't get to see them any anymore, which is tough. But it is what it is. Yeah, fair enough. Now, how you say that you you're talking about continuing to, to improve, and you know you're you're 25, which is young for Canadian volleyball terms, but in terms of sport, like that's that's pretty old. Right, they, like a lot, some guys only play until till they're thirty and whatnot. Like you've got guys like Nikolov who are eighteen playing in, in Italy and, and whatnot. Um, how different is it playing professionally than playing in U sports? Just the physicality. I mean, the guys that serve, the reception, and just just like the entirety of the game, the speed, the decision making. You just you have to like the first year I went over in France. You have to learn how to score the ball differently. It's not like a youth sports. You can probably get away OT in a couple guys, or some teams are obviously better than other teams. Some bottom half teams versus some top half teams in Canada West per se. But you just gotta learn how to score the ball differently. You learn to develop your hitters' toolbox, be a little craftier. How can you get more physical as a server, as a blocker, and just I think for me it was just conversation with coaching staff every year I played. What can I do? What can especially in film? What am I? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? And I think coaches tend to gravitate towards those guys that actually care and want to improve. But, I mean, European volleyball compared to North American volleyball, you said it, like Nikolov and all those young guys, they start playing pro 17, 18, 19. They're already in the gates. They're in the door. They're the third receiver or the second opposite. So when you come over as a North American guy, you're expected to be polished, proven, and that your game shouldn't have any holes. And especially when I went to France, I had a lot to learn. And that was... There's a big kind of wake-up call for me out of the gates. And then after about a month, two months, I kind of caught up to speed. And it's like, okay, you know what? I'm cut out to do this. I can play at this level. And I think I can definitely do this for a long time. For a long time. All right. I'm hoping. I, if, if this body wants to keep holding up, I'll keep going. <laughs> how, how does how does the body feel after like three years now of pro ball? Like, Not too bad. I've been, pretty, I've been pretty fortunate to avoid kind of the major injury bug. Messed up my ankle this year early in preseason, was out about two, three weeks and got back. But then just some back, some back pain, a little bit of knee stuff, but nothing too, nothing too major. I just, but I think I'm just trying to take care of my body. Any chance I can get into physio, I get work done. And then just the body of work I've had over the summer training, I mean, I just try to make sure all those imperfections or impurities in my body are taken care of. So I'm going over in the most physical shape possible. Fair enough. In there's been a lot of noise coming out of the Plus Liga this year about the schedule. A few teams have been added. There's 16 teams in the league, which for those who don't know in European volleyball, that's a lot. That's a, that's, that's a lot of teams. You play each team at, at least twice. There's you know 30 games on the schedule. That's that's quite a bit. Obviously, you're not playing. You're, you're going to be playing Pol- or have played Polish Cup, but you're not playing you know European stuff like that. What's it like playing in a league like Poland where, you know, every other league you're going to be playing games on the weekend, but Poland is more so like like a North American sports schedule where you're playing kind of kind of all the time. So what's that like? I mean, I'm used to it for sure. I mean, the university schedule definitely preps you for the pro schedule for sure. I mean, when I went to France, it was a very similar schedule to, to Poland, like one or two games a week max. And then Austria was just like, I don't know, it was trial by fire. We were playing maybe two or three games a week and – with CEV wow. Middle European League, so that's a little heavy on the body. But I find this year just playing the Polish league, I'm finding I'm not getting run down as easy. But still, I mean, 26, 30 games is a lot of games in the body, especially at this level with this physicality and type of boys that are throwing the ball around that fast, that hard. It kind of weighs on you. 
Yeah. I mean, that it sounds like it would. Like that's a <laughs> that that's a lot. Um let's 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 back things up a little bit. Um you're from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, right? Yeah, born and raised, baby. Born and raised. Born and raised. Went to the University of Sask. Was a Husky. You represented Saskatchewan at the Canada Games back in 2017, correct? 2017. Sounds like that ages me a little bit. Holy goodness. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, and, you and me both. Um, <laughs> now, like, how feasible do you think it is? Like, how feasible was it back then for you to be like, you know, one day I'm going to go play in the Plus League, right? Like, how was, was that even a thought? for you or i mean i didn't discover pro volleyball i think i was about 16 i might have been grade 10 in high school and i kind of was like oh crap like you can go overseas and play in all these leagues like this is pretty interesting and then i didn't much have much of a social life in high school it's kind of a social outcast but just kind of did some research watched some volleyball you kind of discover some of those top players like i mean i grew up watching like all those big physical opposites like George Grozer, Gavin, Max Mikhailov, like the list goes on of those guys, like old school Clay Stanley videos, like 2008 Olympics, stuff. baby. Let's go. Yeah. Diesel. Those are some big diesels right there. It's the game I'm, I'm trying to play, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just tried to, I didn't you know, it was definitely was a thought going to university. I mean, I had the goal of going and playing collegially in Canada West. And I was pretty lucky I made the decision to stay home and play at SAS. But, I mean, that was my intentions to gavel. So when I came in, I said I want to be a guy who graduates, goes, and has a pro career. I mean, I have these big aspirations, but I'm here to work. I want to develop myself and eventually get myself to that level. Did you was, – was the Plus Liga – did you ever think you were going to be playing in a league like the Plus Liga? You know, you mentioned a couple of the other Sask boys who are, are playing around. I did make a mistake earlier. I said one of three. It's one of four because I always forget that Derek Epp is, is actually a Sask boy. Real quick, I'm technically not a Sask boy but come from there. My dad was born in Tisdale. Uh, hey, close yeah. to me, baby. That's close to me. Yeah, but dad was born in Tisdale. Uh, my grandparents grew up in Sylvania and Assiniboia. I still got plenty of family, uh, you know, working on farms in Sask or living in Indrina in, in Saskatoon. So, and I, I'm 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 born in Winnipeg. So by by all <laughs> accounts, I'm like half a prairie boy, a boy at the least. I mean, Tisdale, Assiniboia, that's some pretty good small towns. Assiniboia, the pride and joy of Paul Thompson, another ex-husky right there. There we go. There we go. But, uh, yeah, you know, but for sure, the Blues League, uh, I mean, it definitely was a long term dream. I didn't know if it was feasible. I was like, I don't know. Like, maybe I could do it. And then I don't know. I think kind of just got, I mean, I wouldn't want to say lucky, but it definitely was something I wanted to do long term in my career. And fortunately enough, I get to do it my third year professionally now. So it's pretty sweet to see a kind of a long term dream become a reality. I think there's so much to be said. And I mean, we saw a guy like Mark Wilson who made his first appearance for the national team this year. Um, Andre Brown, who's been playing fantastically for, for Friedrichshafen. I think there's a lot to be said for players like you who don't play on the national team in the summer um, and, and use the summertime to rest and relax a little bit and, and recover, but also just to get stronger uh, in the gym. And when you're not having to play that extra VNL and North Seca championships and world championships or whatever, it just allows you to to focus on your craft and hone your craft a little. Do you think that's the case for yourself? Yeah, I think that's definitely a thing I've, I've noticed coming in. I see a lot of guys like, yeah, I'm coming in this year from uh, World Championships. You can see definitely fatigue and that heavy schedule wears on guys. 
And I mean, I mean, I would love to be playing that 12 months a year with the national team. That's that would be the ideal goal. But I mean, coming home the last couple of years, I'm going to shout out Derek's brother, Tyler. Epp. Tyler Epp has been my personal trainer the last three years. And getting to, getting to come home, work out with Ty every summer is pretty fun. It's good, friendly competition. We program out the summer and we get to work. And it's just a good competitive environment. Get to come back on campus and kind of see all everyone that I used to play with or old coaches and old strength coaches. But it's just good to be back and have that regeneration over the summer to come in and just be ready to rock. I mean, hey, it, it probably helps out SAS quite a bit because SASC volleyball is kind of in a resurgence now. Um, you know, you represented SASC at the 2017 Canada Games, but, you know, Scarlett Varga and those boys won gold this past summer. Big upset SASC program. Um, you know, I, I feel like Sean McKay has kind of revitalized that SASC, that, that SAS program. You're the only team to have beaten Alberta so so far this year in, in U Sports split with UBC, just swept Trinity Western. It seems like the Huskies are, are not only the Huskies, but the entire uh, province of Saskatchewan is really on the rise for men's volleyball right now. Yeah, it's definitely starting to pick up. I mean, I saw at university, we, my recruit class is about seven guys coming in and then seeing a lot of kids now starting to play and it's just playing over the summer. And I'll give a shout out to those Sask boys over the summer. I got lucky. I was training with them all summer and those kids were locked in. They're ready to work all summer. It's fun being around them, but I don't know. I think just the program that brings guys to Sask is that gritty, blue-collar, chippy game. We, it's almost – we play defense, we grind you down. It's almost like old-school hockey. And, I mean, it's it's fun watching those guys play. They play with a lot of heart. They wear their heart in their sleeves. And, I mean, I credit a lot to Sean. My fifth year coming in it was a tough spot to be in, but just gave us the tools to go and be successful as players and as people. And I think that program is going to be on the rise in this next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm well aware of Sean McKay. I had the privilege to uh, play against him a little bit in the the uh, OVA back in our club days when he was playing for the Sudbury yeah. Stacks. Um, you know, many people might remember his U Sport career as you know one of the only guys who has a perfect record against Trinity Western with two epic upsets back in 2013 and 2000, 2014, and I. I knew that as soon as Ontario lost him, because first he went out to, to state and coached out there, I, I knew as soon as Ontario lost him that, that we lost a, a, a true beauty and someone who was going to be a fantastic coach, and he's surpassed my expectations so far. Yeah, Sean has definitely gloated about those charity wins. I definitely can say he's gloated about it. <laughs> it's one of the first couple of things he said to us when we got on campus, but no, he's a great coach and overall just a great person. I think he sees the game at such a new school level and just his I think his strength is in game planning. I saw that going in my last year. Just he's meticulous in planning and just so to detail and like load management and guys. Like he took really good care of us that year and seeing just uh I just love his coaching style. It's so passionate, but he's so calm. He sits in the back there and just perches and watches and I don't know. We have a couple of Sean Manners, as we've always talked about on our team, but it's pretty funny now seeing it as, a, as an alum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. You know, great hair, too. Great, great, great hair all around. Great. For... great. Oh, my goodness. That yeah. Guy, pretty nice quality there yeah absolutely and he's got he's got that hard nose mentality too that i feel just like fits right in with that that blue collar style that you guys have at, at sask oh yeah he's got on us he got on us my fifth year pretty bad it was there was one practice we had lost against Graham McEwen, and i remember we had to do uh the Ooh. wall drill for the monday we came in it was 100 balls tuesday was 90 wednesday 80 so on and so forth leading into the bye weekend and now remember that week just being 
an absolute hell in body. <laughs> hey, some, some, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, now, sometimes you got to cook the whip. Yeah, exactly. When did you, when did you start? You know, in doing my some some research, looks like you played a little bit of lacrosse too growing up. So when did when did you start volleyball, and when did things start be getting coming like be getting serious for you? I started playing in started playing in elementary school. Like we had like a school league in like grade six and grade seven and grade eight, and then Saskatchewan back then for club didn't start on the men's side till U fourteen. So I started playing club in U14, which was my grade eight year. And eventually my club coach, Jeff Court, was my high school coach for two of my three years I played in the senior team. But yeah, we, we kind of had a core group that we played through. And I played lacrosse, I played hockey, I played high school basketball. But I think I got serious grade 10 going into grade 11. I kind of had to make the decision. I was playing lacrosse and I went down and played at a couple tournaments in the States. I went and played nationals that summer and I didn't know if I was going to get recruited to play lacrosse. I mean, I had shot up a big growth spurt that year. I went from like 5'9 to 6'4. I just like shot up out of nowhere. 5'9 cool. yeah, to 6'4. It's like yeah. seven, seven inches in, uh, in one year. That's ridiculous. Shot up. I came back in grade 10, and my high school coach was like, What the hell happened to you? So I think that decision after grade 10, I was like, You know what? Volleyball is probably my best route. And I'd went to Husky camps and kind of got Brian's eye. and Called Brian and Mark Dodd's eye, and they kind of were pushing me and pushing me. And then I didn't play provincial team until my grade 11 year, my U17 year, and that's when I kind of caught the attention of other schools out west, like UBC, BC Okanagan, Thompson Rivers, Red Deer College. I had a bunch of looks. And then, yeah, I think the grade 12 year, I was like, you know what? Like, I think I want to stay home. I grew up watching that program, and my an hour and 10 minute drive down the highway. Parents get to watch me every night. It was pretty sick to be able to play that close to home. and play for the team you grew up watching yeah of course that seems seems ideal for anyone and hey it, it worked out you're in the plus league now so that's uh <laughs> that that's that's not too bad eh so um when you know growing up in sask obviously volleyball isn't it's let's be honest it's it's probably it's 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 probably not on the radar for most kids but so but it's, it's, I think it's still pretty grassroots. It's still kind of just starting to peak. And so you, um, you know, you were playing it before you were you were a taller guy. You know, for me, I was like basically this height when I was fourteen. So you know, coaches were like, "Yeah, come play volleyball." Pretty pretty early on. Uh, but you started playing it before you were big. What 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 pulled you to volleyball early on? You think it was fate? I don't know. It could have been fate, but I think just. Uh... It's the snowball effect. I think every time I played it, it just was so enticing, so intriguing. Just like the physicality and seeing dudes in high school like bounce balls and stuff. It was just like, ah, oh, this is sick. Like this is fun. And then I got lucky. My uh, going into grade nine, my high school coach pulled me up to play U seventeen uh, Western Elite. So I was a thirteen year old kid, so I got to go be like the third setter, just sit in the bench the whole tournament and watch. And there was guys like Herb Brar, Casey Skelton in that tournament. They were all like in grade ten or grade eleven. And so I was just seeing those guys play. I was like, holy crap! Like this is pretty pretty sweet and then just kind of snowballed from there man and Irvin brought casey scouting as a club kid too was one of the yep. but like he was a wrecking ball like he <laughs> yeah he casey, was ash ball it's fun to watch man getting to play against him last year we hopped over to the check and played his team and man he's he's still got he's still got a hammer Man, that's uh, you, you, you prairie boys out there, just, just developing hammers. That's, that's, that's why we love it. We eat bar- barley diet, that's for sure. 
The wheat, the wheat and barley diet, exactly. Yeah. Wheat and the bread and the barley and the beer, right? Yeah, exactly. What's, what's the <laughs> Polish beer like out there? I don't know. I think it's pretty good. Haynes and I and a couple of guys have been out for a couple of pints, but I mean, it's pretty tough in the schedule to have a little fun again in the extracurriculars. But yeah, I don't know. It's not that bad. It's not that bad at all. I won't complain. That's fair enough. Now, there's there's one thing I, I definitely want to talk about. Um, you know, in doing some research, uh, I was pleasantly surprised to to learn that that you're made tea. Now, for our international viewers, could you explain to them what being made tea is and 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 what it means to you? So being Métis, so my family, so the Métis were born from the European settlers coming over for the fur trade, historically in the Red River in Winnipeg, Manitoba. So the European settlers intermarried with the indigenous people. And from the, from the marriage, the children were born, they were considered at that time historically half-breeds. And the Métis were born from there, so that intermarriage helped garner the fur trade and continue it on. But being Métis for me, it's, it's a... It's definitely a, my definitely my cultural identity. It's something that's been learned over the years. I mean, I didn't really discover it till I was getting ready to go to university. I majored in Indigenous studies. So my mom, myself, my auntie, my other auntie were all from the same Indigenous teaching program uh, from Suntep, the Saskatchewan Urban Native Teacher Education Program. So having them in my corner and just learning more about the oral history and just my family genealogy and throughout my kind of educational journey, it's just been so... It's so amazing to see the cultural resurgence and being proud of where I've come from and proud of that Indigenous heritage and that Indigenous, indigenous lineage. And then just being a beacon for, for young Indigenous athletes to come over here and play. I mean, I grew up idolizing Dallas Hoonies. Dallas has been one of the first Indigenous players on our national team. So having a guy like Dallas was something to aspire to. And now with Dallas retiring, going into the coaching route, I think it's I would love to be that uh, beacon for kids that want to come and be able to play at this level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I remember learning to when D- Dallas is someone, you know, I consider a friend now and yeah. me too, growing up, like my first ever time watching volleyball Canada, he had his big long hair and it was, it was yeah. so nice. And he was just so swaggy on the right side, hitting, hitting, hitting as, as a lefty. Um, I've been able to see his impact and it's fantastic to see that he's, he's had impact on others and that you're, you're looking to, to impact uh, the next generation as well. You said you studied indigenous cultures. Is, is that it at university? Yeah, I got my, got my bachelor's of education oh, and my major was indigenous studies and then my uh, kinesiology minor. But yeah, most of the people that everyone that goes to that program majors in indigenous studies. So it was really fun. I took some amazing classes for my major and, learned a lot about my culture and the history and just indigenous uh, indigenous history in western canada yeah and i mean for for us canadians it's been coming to light so so much more of of recent with the you know missing and murdered indigenous women and the residential schools that are finally becoming unveiled is that something that you follow even though you're overseas as this happens is that something that you follow and you're aware of throughout throughout all of it yeah definitely for sure i mean it's something that weighs on you all that intergenerational trauma and trying to unpack all of that of what's happened in the past and i think the big thing is just educating people is having that conversation having that open floor to talk about it and then just doing the doing the research yourself and doing the down doing some soul searching and just trying to be that beacon and just try to learn and just learn as much as you can there's so much that's still now being uncovered and so much stuff has happened in the past and we're still 
we're kind of going through that process of healing and how to get better and how we can improve and how we can have better relations and kind of that whole overarching model that we're all treating people. It seems like through this whole process too, that, um, it's kind of a revelation for most of Canada and some are, some are choosing still not to see it, but I don't think we really need to talk about those people, but it, it, it seems to me like all the indigenous people I've ever talked to about it are all just kind of like, yeah, duh. Like we, we've, we've known this for a long time and you guys are just finally catching up with us. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's been known and something that we've talked about in schools. I've had conversations with family about it and, especially when, when I do make the decision to go back in the classroom is having those conversations with my students and having that conversations with staff and how we can just bridge the gap and heal. And especially with indigenizing education, like teaching accurate history, that's the big thing now. We need to teach that accurate colonial history to, to students and really find ways that we can interpret and add indigenous content into the curriculum. Yeah. I, I commend you because I think we need more people like that, uh, not as as sport role models absolutely i think it's such a great vehicle to be able to like share your message and, and share your story uh but also just in, in in general in the community so it's great to hear that you're you know as, as i was reading that you you actually plan to go back to prince albert and you know to give back as as a, as a teacher and as an educator once you know hopefully in a few years time once all of this is said and done well, hopefully in a decade, maybe I end up back in PA, maybe I end up back in Saskatoon, but I can't look that far ahead. I can only go yeah. there. You, you want to head back to Sask for sure? Not You know, you don't want to go try out a big city somewhere? Or you you want to head back to the prairies? I'm a Sask boy through and through. I mean, my family's all there. I grew up in PA. I played my Husky career in Saskatoon. Like, that's my heart is. That's where all my buddies are. And I think that's the, the community I'm best fit to serve. I think, especially our indigenous population. That's there's a lot of young students who need a positive male role model. How does that affect your lens? You know, not only being from Sask and being, you know, Métis. How does that affect your lens as you go through all of these different places throughout Europe? You know, you've been to France, you've been to Austria, now you've been to Poland. You know, these are typically like traditionally like colonial type places, right? And you come from like a, a colonized culture. How does that affect your lens going to all these different places? It's interesting. I mean, every experience is so unique and just, it's, I mean, I find it tough really explaining to teammates because I mean, the language barrier and how you can try to be super articulate and how you have to try to take that articulate conversation and try to be super simple. But just, yeah, if the teammates have that talk about my culture and my history, then I'm always willing to have that conversation. But just, I think I, I just view the world a little different. I, I people watch a little different and I just kind of pick up societal norms or how people act and behaviors, learn behaviors. It's just, it's really unique. I just, you do a lot of people watching. You do a lot of people watching, that's for sure. Especially, especially as a foreigner too, I feel like that because, yeah. you know, other than, other than Haynes, most of the guys you're speaking with are probably broken English at best. You know, as, yeah. as, as anyone who's ever watched a pro volleyball game on TV or on a live stream or whatever knows that it's typically a different language being spoken in the huddle and you're kind of trying to, to, to figure it out. You have to ask, ask other guys as well. Um, it, it must be a similar, a similar experience to, you know, those being colonized back in, back in the early days. Come, coming exactly. in from f coming in from the, the the reserves and and their their various nations uh to the residential schools and being you know it's it's a it's much different but still similar to the same 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you come in as a foreign player, you get a lot of looks. I mean, Jake and I are pretty big. Like I'm six eight. Jake's seven footer. I had hair until I shaved my head, and Jake's just Jake's just Jake. He stands out like a sore thumb. I'm big. I got a bunch of tattoos. So we go out. We kind of get looks, but yeah. I mean, you just you try to be adopting of that culture. I mean, I tried to pick up as much Polish as I can. It's been pretty hard playing in Austria the year before. Picked up a lot of German and. Our coach only spoke German or Czech, so it was really interesting in the huddle. And then our Polish assistant coach was able to translate for Sam and a bunch of us. But you kind of, after a couple months of hearing volleyball terminology, you all kind of you learn to speak the world of volleyball through a bunch of different languages. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. You know, and there's those those international volleyball languages that you can kind of just get through gestures and whatnot. Has there been any? Like any funny situations or like standout situations, whether it's this year and past years, where there was just a, a complete miscommunication. Oh, that's a funny one. Uh, France was always interesting because like I can understand French, but I can like I can barely speak it. My mom's completely fluent. Tried teaching me, so everything was like so brand new to me. But uh, when I played in Austria. The first week, Sam and I got in. We were like two days in, super jet lag. We had to go over to Munich to get our visas. And we went in for our visas, and this chick's like trying to speak German to us. And we're just getting grilled. We're like, we don't speak German. Like, we're trying to get out. Might have been a little sketchy, a little illegal how we were trying to get our visas and the way we did it. But um, yeah, it was just, yeah, the, definitely the language barrier has always been funny because everyone comes up to you and they start speaking like, Polish or German or French, and you're like, oh, you're like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. But or even just driving. I think driving this year, I was doing. I had to learn how to drive stick this year. That was uh, quite the experience. The first week I got in, I had to drive stick, and the guys asked me, "He's like, what does this sign mean?" I was like, "I don't know. What does this sign mean? I don't know. Like, I can't read it. I don't know what it means." Yeah, <laughs> that's probably the funniest one. But uh, or when you go out in public and people notice you're playing for that club and they start talking to you and whatever. Like, this year Polish and last year they did always in Austria they we were the only team in the city and they would always talk to us and we we're like oh, we're not from here if we slow down we could try but yeah <laughs> I feel I feel like um I can't what was how do you pronounce your club from last year Verve Verve um Union Volleyball Raiffeisen Valvirto 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 yeah okay. I think it, I guess it means forest region because they're in like the forest region of Austria yeah fair enough from yeah. what I've ever heard, my, my own experiences in Germany is that most Germans can speak English decently well. Yeah. Is is that yeah. the same? In, is that the same in Polish? Um, I think in the larger centers like Warsaw, Katowice, and Krakow, it's I think it's very possible. Here, there's some places I've gone where it's like I don't like they don't speak it at all. And I've been lucky. I've gone out with Sukovich. We've gone for coffee or something. He speaks perfect Polish, so he's kind of my guy for Jake and I. He's our translator. Fair enough. It's uh, it's it's just something that like I couldn't imagine, you know. And it's it's always something I'm so interested in in, in speaking to guys because communication is so important when you're playing professional sports. Yeah, and it's, it's the it's the basis of volleyball. Lack of communication is a is a lack of results. <laughs> but hey, you're gonna have another if you guys are picking up uh, Arastel Shange, you're gonna have another English speaker out there as well. So yeah, three of us out there now. Yeah, th- three we're, of you out there. Rebuilding the foreign mafia. <laughs> Re- rebuilding the the foreign mafia. That's been, been, uh, rebuilt a couple times already. But yeah, lo- lost a German, lost a Hungarian, lost a uh, uh, lost yeah. yeah a Romanian. So now we, you just got the the Serbian, the American, the Canadian, and the Aussie. Yeah, 
yeah, we have five now. So Romanian guy, Canadian, Hainsey, Serbian guy, and then Arash coming in. So five of us now. But yeah. We were down to three, and now we're back to five, which is nice. Do you have, like, a favorite we're not going to ask you if you have a, 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 a favorite team to play for because I'm guessing playing the Plus Liga is like kind of <laughs> an, an unreal experience so far. But had you, have you had a favorite country you've played in? I don't know. I love the club I played for last year. I mean, they're definitely them in here this year. It's the exact same. I have a lot of love for where I played last year. They took such good care of us. Like, we were the only club in that small town. It was like a town of 400 people. So practically, we sold out every night. Everywhere we went in the community, everyone would talk to us or knew us. We had great management support. Our manager was so diehard and loved us. Um, our coaching staff was unreal. They were pushed us. I, mean, it's, I think I got really lucky at the group of guys that last year. We had a lot of guys kind of in that 20 to 27 range. So a lot of us were in that same age trying to get in and trying to prove ourselves. And it was just such a com- fun and competitive environment to play. And like we had this the town behind us and we kind of like playing with the chip on our shoulder and playing that guy. We called it, we were calling ourselves the Volvirtal Bad Boys for kind of the second half of the season we got rolling because teams feared playing us and we just kind of like playing a little FU swagger to our game. So that experience last year was top, like top to bottom, absolutely amazing. I would do it again. I have so much love for that club and especially here this year, it's been great. I mean, getting to play in the pinnacle of men's volleyball is just second to none. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like, you gotta be there, I guess. You gotta you gotta watch a game, or you gotta you gotta be in it to understand it. Yeah, like what 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 is it like playing? And you know, you you just said it yourself. Polish volleyball is the pinnacle of volleyball, especially the fans that they have there. You get to play in some legendary arenas. Um, you know, like the Ergo Arena, where they just held the World Championships, is is where Gdansk plays plays out of. What's it like playing in front of? some of the most passionate fans in the world. And how is that different from, you know, playing at, at, at home at the U of S? It's pretty surreal. I mean, I mean, getting to play in the Ergo arena was definitely a top five experience of mine. Got to come in a little bit that game. And, but just, it's pretty cool to see. And it's like, you grew up watching these games on like volumetrics or on YouTube and you're like, crap, like I'm actually in this place that where it's at. And, Polish fans are diehard and Polish fans are cutthroat. They, pardon my language, they will shit down your throat when you play bad. They are ruthless. Like, our fans on Facebook have just been absolutely ruthless about our club. Just one guy plays bad, they're on your arse. But as well, they love the game. They follow the players. It's it's almost like playing in the NBA here. Like, they just love volleyball. Is, is, it's probably, I, I assume it's probably the same in Italy. Like I love it as well, equally as much. Those two leagues are just top, top tier. Is it just like you know? It's just on TV to watch. You guys are in the paper. They're talking about you on the on the the evening news type stuff. Uh volleyball in the Plus League is nationally televised. Every night it's nationally televised. It's the country's national sport. Like I remember, we have cable here in the apartment I'm in, and I was able to watch World Championships live on TV, on Polsat Sport. And it's, yeah, it's, I think the newspaper, they've talked about us, but I think it's funny kind of going through Twitter and seeing people kind of crap on people and talk about transformers within the league and stuff. I just have a little fun reading what people got to say about me or others. It's, it just shows their passion. It shows they give a shit about it. What's the best thing someone said about you and what's the worst thing someone said about you? Best thing someone said about me this season is that I'm one of the top servers off the bench in the league this season. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. 
And then I, well, I got my first start against Jeshov this year. So like DeFalco, Machin Muzai, and I played pretty, I played a solid game. I had a really good percentage and they were like, oh, like Sanoski plays at a similar level. Hey, just not a knock to who he is. He's a great player. Worst thing someone said about me. Uh, I had a guy tweet about me, said, we played in Suvalki, came off the bench. It was a disgrace. They threw me into like garbage time. We were down like 15-6 in the third. Just getting railed. And I'm like, okay, I'm not ready to come in. Like, I'm not ready. Threw me in. And I think I cooked like two balls long. I missed a touch. I got canned of one ball. And some guy tweets, he's like, I don't think Sanoski hit a single ball of his hand the entire game. I think he has one of the worst hand contacts. Oof. And I was going to tweet him back, but I was like, ah, I'm not going to be that guy. Or, uh, <laughs> I have it saved in my phone this year. Rob and whoever the Polish guy when they previewed the season like didn't know who I was, and they were like, "Oh, like he played in Austria, he came off the bench, um, like taking him as a gamble." And it's like, okay, like I was a starting guy in Austria. My backup towards rotator cuff. Like, do a little bit of research. Like, look who you're looking at. I kind of, I, I kind of use that as feel throughout the season. Like, you know what? People want to doubt me or people want to say this stuff that's pretty funny. I just go, I don't F you. I'll play. I'm here. You're not. Yeah. The, I, I feel like sometimes Googling yourself isn't isn't the best idea. And what you no. need is you need like you need one of those KD burner accounts, eh? Just yeah. get, jump jump on that burner and uh, start defending yourself. I could, but I'm just not that guy. There's no, there's no point. I mean, lines lose sleep over the opinions of sheep. There's no point. I don't need to... I don't need to defend myself, but I get a good chuckle. It's pretty good. It's pretty funny. Now you guys are obviously it, season's not done yet, but you're you're getting there. You're trying to fight off relegation. Is the goal to stay in Plus League this year? Are you looking to stay? Because you know this is start the, the time where volleyball is super weird. This is the time when we start talking about contracts and people are already there's already rumors flying around for for next season. So. Is there an outlook for for you yet, or is it? Are you kind of you know a little a little further down the depth chart that you know you figure that out a little later in the year? It's uh, yeah, this time of year is so wonky. Like it's I'm kind of in the process of putting a film, especially as a North American guy. Our North American market truly doesn't open till about March. Is what I've kind of learned, and I'm I'm not fortunate. I don't have a European passport, so I'm a true Canadian player, and that's what my ITC and all my transfer fees. So, but. I don't know. I just try to stay present in the moment. I mean, our president's big on trying to keep us in the Plus Liga. We're big on trying to keep it in the Plus Liga. But I think for myself, I'm looking. It's I'm looking. I mean, I'm always looking to level up or go somewhere and compete. I mean, I love, I love the thrill of going in and competing for the spot. I mean, I would love to go in somewhere and be the guy. I mean, I would love to go back to France pro A and show that I physically belong in the league and I can belong as a starter. I'd love to go to the Bundesliga. And play as a starter. I would love to eventually get in the Turkish market, get in the Italian market, but France, Germany, Plus Liga would love. I, that's kind of where I'm hoping I can end up next year. But if I just continue to keep playing the way I'm playing and getting get the chances I get every night, uh, I think I got a good chance of fulfilling that. Yeah, man. Just use those highlights from the Zhezhov match where you scored, drop 14, right? That's uh, that right there yeah. is your, your, your ticket to a contract. Yeah, kind of had the yips serving that night. Kind of had the yips a couple nights serving, but hopefully they're gonna turn around tomorrow. I mean, is it is it the case when you're starting you can't serve, but when you're coming off the bench you can? I don't know. I mean, my whole mentality like I'm the guy they started the year and hey when Broking was here and now with Sergey in charge, he's like, you and Jake have the green light. You're not placement guys. Go hit this thing as hard as you can. 
Bang it. And then I, I put one in. I'm like, okay. Then I missed two in a row. I'm like, okay, let's get conservative. Let's put something in. Let's put a guy out. And then Sergey was like, I just need you to diesel it. Go hit it. So I think my whole mentality now, he's like, just go hit this thing as hard as you can. Hit your one. If not, take your secondary. It's such a different mentality from Canadian volleyball where, you know, placement and that, that strategy of what your guys is doing, you know, whether it's the, the front row guy, you're trying to overload a, a, another guy, whereas so many Europeans overview, and that's what I've, I've heard so much yeah. about Polish, you know, Russian guys, it's just like they just want you to hit the snot out of yeah. the ball. It's bully ball. It's bully ball, and I love it because that's my kind of game. I mean, I got a little finesse. I got a little bit of craft, but I'm – I think I'm pretty blessed with a genetically good shoulder. It's held up. I just love to take the crap out of it. So if it works, it works. And I guess we'll just keep rolling if they keep telling me to do it. <laughs> now, obviously, like it, you played a little bit, a few different positions at Sask. I think you came in as a left side, then played a little bit on the opposite, finished off in the middle. Did you always know that being in the opposite was, was kind of your, your ticket where you wanted to be, or have you considered playing mid, in the middle as well? I, I knew I was good enough to play off. I was in Sask. My original plan every year was kind of to convert me back. When it came back in my second year, they, I was behind Andy Nelson, and they were like, we had a couple of middles get hurt, and and then Joel Dick was our intern that year. He's like, I need you to play mid. Third year, I came back. Same type of deal. We had our talk in the beginning of the year and played oppo, played well in some preseason matches. But Brian's like, I don't trust our middles. I need you in the middle. And then fourth year, Morty was playing opposite, so I just stayed in the middle. Nathan trusted me there, so... It was great. And then fifth year, Sean came in, and Sean's just like, I look at you, you're an opposite. He's like, international opposite. You got an outside hitter's arm. We need to let you go be a freak. And then when I went to France, I, kind of, I was listed as a universal. But first day of practice, I hit, like, one ball in the oppo, and my coach is like, yeah, you're not a mid, you're an oppo. Yeah, that's he's, like, he's, like, he's like, you're an oppo. He's like, he's like, you're not a mid. So, I mean, it's nice. That's where the money is professionally, but I like it. It's it's fun. I mean, I still love that I get to hit a little P4 in some rotations. Still got a little bit of that dying receiver left in me. But, yeah, the opposite where it's at. I love it. Hey, I man. Love the challenge of being dependent on. You guys are playing Olsen this weekend. Maybe Butrin goes back. You're on the court. You're like, hey, coach, let's, let's just go in forward service here. Let me show you this. You know, let me show you that little... A little stroke We've out done here. it. We, they oh, have yeah? had hate in my passing this year, and they we had a couple guys going out with injury, and when broken and Sergey as well, he was like, he's like, I gotta have you pass. Like, you okay with passing? He's like, well, I've been passing seven years. Let's pass like what, thirty balls and see how it goes. But is is it's uh that this league? I don't think I can pass. I no. <laughs> is that something like in practice? Is it more like is it more of like a universal? Like, do you you do passing reps in practice, or are you just you're right side? You're here to play right side. You're on the opposite. You're here to play the opposite. Yeah, I'm here to play opposite. And there's the odd time where Libero's like, okay, let's pull four, but like we don't have we don't have a lot of guys that we would pull four on. But then there's some games that were like, okay, Defalco, let's pull four. Okay, uh, Butrin, let's pull four. Just provide a different look. And kind of give guys a bit of a smaller seam, but yeah, Jake and I are like, okay, yeah, we should be taking about minimal seam. We're just gonna take that's it. <laughs> we can do it. It's gonna be on three meters, but it's not gonna be pretty. Hey, you know what? As long as it's two plus, right? Yeah. That that's out. As long out. as we can chip out on a high ball, we're fine. Yeah, hundred percent. Just just get it yeah. get it in front of the set or get it in front of the attack line, and then go bang a C ball or you know hit, yeah. hit that. Well, Lob it up, just lob it up for the big boys. Yeah, and exactly. Have yeah. you 
you know, you, you said that there's, you know, a lot of bully ball and that they, they love to hit the snot of the ball and pull them. But I've always, always found that the, the tech, the level of technicality out there is so high. Is that, is that what you found as well? Oh yeah. It's, uh, it's, I mean, just playing at this level professionally, like you just have to have such a toolbox, like learning if you got nothing, then just to chip it off the block and get the ball back and let's recycle. Okay. You got nothing. Let's tip, take a set out. Let's set up our block. defense. So just kind of that basic volleyball IQ, especially when I played in France, France is very much a technical league. Like you got to learn, like I learned a lot, just how to like self recycle, get it off, get it back to myself. But Poland, there's a lot of guys that can just do a lot of cuts, just different things. Like, I mean, Euro, Spartos, Kolik, the list goes on. Those guys are just crafty. They just have a bag. They can go deep into it. Yeah. Especially with both those guys in Zavirite, it's they create matchup problems. Yeah, they absolutely do. I mean, I haven't watched too much of them recently, but I did I did watch their Champions League match against Hulk Bank last week, and that was, that was a gnarly one. That was a heater. That was a heater of a game with Micah to close it out. That was nasty. That that was now in in one of those moments. Who who are you pulling for? Are you pulling for the team Zavierci that you play against and that you know, or are you playing for you know like you're wanting the American guy to win? You want Mike Mike Maa to go out there and and you know get a block to finish it off. I mean I don't know. It's tough. Those are two really good teams. But I I mean I love watching the mirror. I mean I look at the mirror. Similar body type. He's just a freak of nature. That's a guy I kind of try to model my game like. Kind of pick up a lot of things too do a lot of stuff like that but I mean when you have two good teams like that you don't really care you just want to see high quality volleyball what's the best match you've seen as like a spectator so far that's a good question I don't know especially in our league this year it's been there's been some pretty good matches I think the best match, even just being on the bench us playing Scraw this year before Christmas taking them to five we scared the wheels off of them they went up 2-0, we came back, and then fifth set, we kind of just imploded, but being able to steal a point, stealing a point off a team of that stature and of guys that make that much money in that historic of a club, it's a, it's a pretty big move for us, and just to be a part of that was pretty sweet. I mean, hey, Scraw's on a three-game losing slide right now, and they've they're they're not doing too too good. They like they've what lost four of their last six. So you guys could sneak yeah. in there. Like there's yeah. there's still they, room. They're on the struggle bus, and especially with the players that you have on that team: Dick Coy, Lanza, Antinsevich, Kos, and Vienic. Like you should be rolling teams, but when we played against them, Coy really struggled. They had to pull him early in the match. I mean, hopefully they're going to figure it out, but I mean, it'd be nice to see Scrawn not in playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, that's... we got It's some... very possibly could happen with the way a lot of teams are playing in that top half. Yeah, they, they're, they've, they're sitting in 11th, and they've got still got games against Zoxa. they got JW. Like, their last four games, they've got Zoxa, JW, Olsen, and then Lublin. So... Yeah, and Lublin's on a heater right now. Heater. Heater. Yeah. They were... they're, just, they're just playing, like, they're, make, they're just putting a ball in and making you make mistakes. They lost their opposite, and they have this young guy playing opposite. Now you have, like, Shearson, Jendrick's playing really well. Uh, their other middle, Jan Novakoski, is playing really well. Like, they are just – they're stable. And yeah. Watson's playing well. Is, like, they're both – like, that whole team is just deep, and they play well. They make you make mistakes. Yeah, I mean, Lublin is 9-10. and 10. Nine nine and one in their last ten. Although that one loss was a three three zero to to Scraw, so 
it's it's it's, it's interesting to, to see Surgeon because I feel like he's kind of played second fiddle on these past few teams, you know, since yeah. going from Ohio State. And now this year, he's just been unreal. You know, you give him a bit of the green, green, right, green light and he's just running with it. Yeah, he's physical. I mean, Jake's played with him at Ohio State. Jake's like, he gets going like, good luck. And I think oh, I think last like year he was playing in Suwalki last season. He was playing a little bit as well. But, I mean, he was in Jetshop however many years ago. And it's, I mean, that team was pretty deep. He had, like, Raval Bushkick. Like, they have guys. Like, Jetshop's just always been deep. Yeah. And they got, yeah, they got Comenda. Two pretty decent setters with Tavares and, and Comenda there as well. It's and Comenda's uh, playing well this season, too. He's having a really good year for them. Have you, it, it seems like in talking to you that you're very much a student of the game. And, I'm definitely a volley geek for sure. I mean, I love just watching the game and picking the game apart. And I watched a bunch in high school, and then especially in school, I was when I wasn't doing school, I was probably sitting in the team room watching games on volley metrics, or if I wasn't paying attention in the lecture, I was watching games. So just knowing the game and just I don't know, it's just fun. I mean, that's just that's just another way to get better. It's another way to pick the game apart and develop part of your game is it something that's increased since you know playing professionally and increased since playing in poland definitely for sure i think it's something i've always kind of prided myself on is my my iq and i'm trying to learn more but i mean the big thing i found like volleyball was my escape in university when i was crammed with school or whatever was going on in my life and especially now it's trying to have that positive like work work home environment like there's certain times you need to step away and not look at it and there's other times, okay, you need to dive in and do a little bit more. It's just having that balance. Because I find if I do too much, I'm just going to get over fixated and I'm just going to tap out. Like, I'll just be on it. How do, you, how do you manage that balance when you're so far from home? It's It was tough. I mean, my first year I went over in France was peak COVID. Oh, first true season you're playing with no no fans. It's your... It's your, uh, it's your first time being that far away from home. I mean, I was, I mean, I said it before, I had life on a string. I was so close to home, playing for my family, always had my family. And it's like, all right, you don't have that. Can't even go for dinner. Can't do this. Go to practice, go home. Like, so I really struggled that year with my mental health and trying to manage that and trying to play at that level night in, night out and trying to, like, just absolutely every day getting humbled and pushed. And then, Kind of found in Austria, we had a really good group of guys. We did a lot of stuff together. We go for lunch, we go for walks. Off days, we were at the gym, and then especially this year, us foreign guys, we did a lot of stuff together. We have coffee together, just kind of doing stuff that puts your mind at ease and stuff that gets you out of your brain. Yeah, it's Skype or I don't know yeah. Skype or Zoom or Google Meet or whatever it is. Best, yeah, your best a lot, friend. A, couple, a lot of Facetimes to the family. Facetime my brother a lot. Him and Brandon now playing. So okay. Yeah, so that's pretty. Yeah, it's just find ways to keep in touch with everyone that matters in your circle. Who's better, you or your brother? I don't know. It's two to. I mean, it's a six-year age gap between us. He's. Uh, I think he's starting to get his man strength now at nineteen. He, I think in a couple of years he's going to be a problem child. He's going to be. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. He's playing out for Grant and Brandon, and I'm just seeing a big, big growth in him and his mental side of the game and his mental fortitude and just the ability to be same thing with him. He's been positionless. He's played a bunch of positions there and he's been a depth guy off the bench for them this year. So hoping he gets some minutes this weekend, I'm going to try to tune in and watch, but I think in a couple of years, he's going to be twice the player I was, but for now, I think if we're talking sheer physicality, I think I got him beat playing bully ball, but his, okay. his reception, his receptions where he's got me beat, <laughs> is he is he as big as you? He's six four right now. He's about six four, 
but we're probably tipping the scales around the same. We're both kind of flat around 210. He's built like an ox. Okay, well, I had him he's... in the gym this summer with us a couple times, and we were like, holy crap, this kid's going to be a freak. Yeah, can, can he lift heavies? He's he's throwing it around. He's, I've gotten some videos of him throwing it around, and it was it was such a fun summer. We had him, me, Tyler up, and then our other buddy Davin Pascal, former branded Bobcat, former SAS guy. I got to play with the four of us train together all summer. It's just when you have that much camaraderie and that much testosterone in the gym, it kind of gets it's pretty big. It's pretty physical. I mean, he's trying to look like that too. His mustache isn't nearly as nice though. <laughs> yeah, he started growing it this year. He's asking. He's going to shave his head, and I was like, please don't. There only needs to be one kid that looks like the problem child. <laughs> I, was like, keep your, I was like, keep your hair. I was like, my hairline's going back. I was like, I got to rock with the buzz. Hey, you, yeah. you're losing the hair, but you got the stash, right? Yeah. I don't know. I started the stash. Uh, Mom's not a fan. Mom is definitely not a fan. Mom, why not? Always, What's up? Come on. Yeah. I've always done the playoff beard. Went to Austria. I was like, you know what? Every time I've had a beard, we've lost. Let's do a playoff mustache. Started growing the stash. We won everything there. Like, oh, screw it. I'll keep it. Okay. Hey, you and know what? I got lucky this year, and I had to shave it for November. It raised about almost about $1,000 from November, and I had to shave her off. But this is the, the regrowth after a month, so. Hey, that's not too bad. The caterpillar's looking good, nice and fuzzy. Yeah. Gotta, yeah we gotta, we'll see if we can wax the ends up or something crazy yeah. next. We'll see. That's probably the next move. Yeah, that's that's what that's what I want to see. You know, just just a little bit of uh, just a little bit of, a little bit of twirling in there. A little wax. I gotta I gotta get a little thicker on the ends, maybe. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't do that. It's it's real. It's real weak in in here. Yeah. Get, I, I couldn't grow a beard till I was twenty. So this is uh, thank God now that I'm growing like a cheap head. Is it is is facial hair a thing in 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 Poland? I feel like they like the clean cut. A lot of dudes are clean shaven. A couple of dudes have like the nice tapered beard. I don't know. It's it kind of depends on the guy. Depends. I mean, there's a lot of. I'm not the male beauty expert. I'm not the greatest looking guy myself, but I don't know. Yeah, you got to give yourself beard. a little Some bit guys, of credit. I mean, Fornell's got the dyed hair, or whatever he's doing. That's a, it's not. That's not for me. But I don't know. A couple of dudes. I mean, Avril's got the flow. Yeah, he's got the stash too, though, doesn't he? I think I got him beating the stash department. We talked about it a while ago. He's like, your stash is looking pretty mean, but maybe we'll talk tomorrow. See who's better. Yeah, is that is that something that that happens? You know, when you you see another English speaking guy, like, do you just naturally gravitate towards each other each other to be able to speak some some unbroken English? Yeah, we kind of do it a little bit. I mean, I'm Jake's the American guy. Jake's got all these American homies, so he kind of drags me along as his little side pet. It's fucking funny, but <laughs> but it's, it's I mean, as an English speaker, it's nice to talk to those guys and get like learn about their experiences and how their seasons are going. And I don't know, it's pretty sick. I mean, you grew up watching a lot of these guys, and now you're talking to them. And you're like, all right, it's pretty cool. Absolutely. I mean, maybe you'll be the next to guess on what's it, the tallest podcast on earth? I don't know. Maybe he might have to get me on the show. Yeah, hey, you've, 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 you've already done this one, right? You're, you're getting it underway. <laughs> this is this is better, though. This is ten times that. I, I, I don't know about that. I, I represent I, the Great White North, though. That's oh, that, that, that is true. Is that something that you, like, actively try to, to represent and, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I will gloat about that I'm Canadian here. I'm the only Canuck here. I'm the only Canuck playing in this league. Jake and I gloat about it. When the World Juniors were here, we were betting on the World Juniors and Nice. Thankfully, the Canadians got it done for me. But yeah, I don't know. Especially, no one really thinks you're Canadian. I mean, if you're somewhere somewhere in the to hear speaking English, the first guess is you're American. But of course, France they figured out I was Canadian pretty quick. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, they found out I speak as Canadian pretty quick. They were like, "Oh, you're they kind of looked at me. They're like, "Oh, you Canadian?" I was like, yeah. Nice. They just said I look. I just looked at it, so I was like, "All right, cool." Sick. Wait, like yeah. I mean, I think it's no offense to our Canadian, our American friends, but we like having that distinction. You know, we like being yeah. known well, as as Canadians. Oh yeah, we're the, we're pretty friendly, and I mean, I think it's self explanatory as it is. Yeah, of, of course. You have any like Canadian uh, art on you? You got the maple leaf anywhere? Uh, on, on I got the, the maple leaf in my elbow this summer. It's like a negative space. Okay. One. Oh, I like that. It's yeah, actually my artist idea. Yeah, and um, I got four tiger lilies for pro for Saskatchewan, our province. Okay. Our provincial flower. Yeah. Three three lilies. I've lived in three different Saskatchewan towns and cities. Fourth ones for wherever I'm playing overseas, trying to make it home. And then I don't know. The rest of the stuff's just kind of like family pieces. I got my brother and my initials in my forearm. My brother's got the same one, same arm. Got both my parents' names on my wrists. Um, dates my grandma, my grandpa passed away in my arm. Three roses for my grandmas, and then my shoulder is kind of the nifty one. I got. Kind of the trees and stuff from northern Saskatchewan, where I'm from, and then little dream indigenous dream catcher with my great grandma's clock is the face. Okay. Yeah. So I've spent the uh, and then I've got one on my thigh now that I got before I left, and then I have two on my feet that were not uh, professionally well done. Fair enough. Maybe yeah, yeah, m- yeah, more so of like fair. a stick and poke action. I might have had one or two many bevies one night in the summer and woke up and I was like, what is on my shoe? <laughs> my thigh is professionally done. My arm is professionally done. I only got one on my back. I got a little sailboat on my back. But I had the same guy do my pretty much my whole sleeve. And I had one guy in France do one for my brother. And then he kind of did the whole inside of my arm. And that was kind of the killer. That was the most painful one. Oh, yeah. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it was... 12, 13 hours of work total over seven years. Okay, damn, that's that's yeah. quite a bit. Where, what's the other SAS? What's the other SAS town you lived in? Because it was Prince Albert. I Sass lived Kinder. in I lived in Kindersley, Saskatchewan, small town. It's about three hours west of Saskatoon. Okay, super small town. I lived there for two years. My dad got a job with Sask Energy there. Moved there for two years, and then we ended up moving back to PA. All right, so you gotta you gotta represent. You're, you're repping yeah. the, the province. Gotta throw it off the prairies, yeah. But I don't know. Maybe we'll get a mustache tattoo or something next. Who knows? I gotta we'll see what happens in the time I got this summer. If I'm playing or a mustache tattoo. Right when I, okay. Probably when I get home, I might try to get a few more before hopefully going out to Quebec. What? Oh, before before going to Gatineau, yeah. of course. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah, you gotta you gotta keep that. Uh, you, gotta, you gotta manifest. You gotta put it up there. Hundred percent. Well, I I mean I think you just gotta send that that uh, that tape to uh, um to uh, Samuvoo, you know, directly. Yeah. You know, just whether it's a DM yeah. or whatever, just be like, hey, yeah. check me out. We need some size. I got his, I've, got, I've got his number. I've already texted him once, and we talked. And okay. That's probably that's probably the next move. Once my my scout guy gets me this video and. I know my agent. Uh, we'll give my agent a shout out. The killer, Julian Samika, in the volleyball world. If you know, you know. Okay. But yeah, he's uh, hopefully he's. I know he's vouching for me, and I'm pretty fortunate to work with him these last couple of seasons. He's a he's a Polish guy. He's a ex French national team. Okay. He used to play. Yeah, played back and retired back in 2000. I was. I think it was shows last year in Warsaw was his last year. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, he plays. He was receiver in Warsaw, and he's played around. He's played in Italy, played in France, played in Poland a bunch. 
it's it's crazy how having a good a good co or agent can like make a world of difference you know yeah yeah i've been pretty i've been very fortunate in the agent department my first agent braden mcclain set me up with was a israeli guy ito liebman he was the guy that found my first contract in france and then he retired now he's a lawyer in israel so then i was forwarded towards the meek and ever since then we've been I'm fortunate to work with him. He's got great connections. It feels so much like a like a person more than a player. And he's been managing a lot of us Canadian guys. He manages Casey Scout and Luke Kerr. Hamish Hazlitt, another great Australian player. It's on the up and coming. So it's been yeah, we've been I've been pretty lucky to work with him and starting to build my play, my career as a player through him. Man, Braden McLean still still getting it done out there in one, in one way or another. That that's a guy who was with the yeah. national team when I first started being involved in in Canadian volleyball. You know, another another big boy from from Saskatchewan, big beard yeah. too. He had he had a real oh, good yeah. facial he, hair. He, that, he, yeah, B is the the king of facial. I mean, I grew up watching McLean. Braden grew up about twenty minutes where I'm from from Birch Hills. He's just up the highway from me. But yeah, B, it's been so great to see a lot of us alumni come back to the program. Matt Bussey, Braden McLean, Tyler App, Jordan Olkowski. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys just love to keep coming back and keep giving to the program. And it's pretty fun, like growing up watching those guys and then getting to play with them as teammates. And now we're, we're friends as friends as alumni. So our alumni circle is pretty tight. Yeah, when you when you start thinking about it, like Sask's volleyball alumni is. It may not be There's as big as, as as some of the other ones, but you guys got some heavy hitters. Gavin Schmidt, of course. Yeah. Yeah. She played one year. Yeah, we got some killers. Colin Fraser, Brian Fraser, Bus, Brito, T Raw, like Adam Enns, Scotty Shoots, the Magus trio, J Magus used to set for the national team way back. Of course. Um yeah. Dodsey, of course. Yeah, dirty dots. Yeah, running the volley gals now. Dirty, dirty dots. <laughs> dirty dots yeah. Marky, Marky boy. Yeah. There must be there must be some stories behind that nickname. I've heard a lot of nicknames. I just call them Dodsy or Marky, or Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. But no, I mean I grew up watching Dodds too. But no, it's pretty funny now. I think I can. I remember watching years ago. I think it was the Canada Games. You're back in 2013. There's a video of a bus. No, Bussy took it. It was Gavin Schmidt and Mark Dodds having a bounce off, trying to put the ball up in the balcony in the pack. It's on YouTube. It's absolutely nasty. I think that would have been like 09, or even yeah, it was 20, 2013. It was the last Canada Games year when uh, Alberta won and they beat Quebec. They beat, it was Alberta versus Nick Hogue. Yeah, but like Gavin and stuff was already on the national team at that point. Oh yeah, it was yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, Mark. when Mark was done. Mark was done a while ago. Yeah, yeah because Mark was playing for the national team back in like oh seven, oh seven yeah. when I like first my first when I saw my first national team ever game ever. Mark Dodds was on the national team, and I don't think I've ever seen a player with more tape on his fingers. Oh yeah, I think it, him and I both. I mean, I think I might have taken that, but I got a valid reason. I got a couple of this Oh yeah. Guess. Are you using? Are you using like half a? half a thing of tape on on uh i don't know i mean i got my pinky locked up pretty good because roy chin got me really good in my second year at sas got my put my pinky out in a 90 and he put my ring finger out so my rings like my ring fingers locked up my pinky's like here to here locked and then i'm just like locking these tapes i just get jammed a bunch i was like no what we'll just tape them they're taking a beating like i'm tired of having jammed up fingers it's crazy how you know like my my ring finger on my on my left hand 
still hurts from like yeah. uh, when I, I played one year of CCAA ball at Algonquin College. And we went out to MRU for a tournament. And we played Red Deer, and it was the year that Taylor Hunt played for Red Deer, and he oh, got yeah. he got subbed in for like three points on one of them. One, yeah, like it was just nuked one ball. Oh yeah, no, he he nuked two. One, the first one, I got him, and I was I was stoked about that. <laughs> you let him know. You have to let him know. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, I didn't really let him know, especially because like there was history. He was supposed to play for for Algonquin at, at one point, and they just. There was there's all this stuff happened. Yeah, exactly. We if you know Taylor Hunt, you know Taylor Hunt, right? And uh but the next one he went high off hands and like still to this day, my like ring finger on, on my left hand is just has never been the same. Yeah, my pinky's got a nice little crank to it. I mean I'm playing around with it and it like pops both ways. It's like I'm scared I'm gonna have room with Hoyt by the end of my career. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's like if you have if probably probably down the pipeline. If you've ever shaken hands with Kame Schalk, you know, legendary Canadian beach volleyball yeah. player who now plays for the United States, unfortunately, because yeah. our, our system is real good up here for beach volleyball for men. Um, yeah. He, his, I forget which finger it is, but it's like, it goes off like Siri. Yeah. It's, and every time I see him, I go to shake his hand and I forget about how gross his, his right yeah. pinky finger is. There's a, yeah, we have a, there's, yeah, I think all the SAS players, I know Morty's taping up his fingers too, but I more Morty got it good my second year. Andy Nelson got him pretty good, shot the bone out of his pinky. So I think a lot of, yeah, it's kind of the way, I think it's kind of the Russian way. The Russian guys all started taping their fingers mm, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like Mikhailov and, and, and those guys. Uh, yeah. Who's that big guy in the middle? Very, all those big boys started doing a gav. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Mortensen does hit the shit out of the ball. Like yeah, that's Morty, even, even yeah. as a He's rookie. He's playing at a high level this year, man. It's fun to watch him. It's fun to watch him play that level, being his teammate. And I'm hoping he, whatever he does with volleyball or life after volleyball, I mean, he's he's a great player, and I want to hopefully see him take the next step next year. Yeah, you you think he he's gonna go pro? I'm hoping he does. I don't know. We've had a little conversation about it, but nothing kind of too deep. But I. He has the tools. He has the tools to go do it for sure. Yeah, both him and Olsen. Levi Olsen. Yeah. Levi hits the snot out of the ball. Holy crap. And I remember in high school, Levi was like a long, lanky kid. And then when he was at Briarcrest, he came back from Briarcrest and not a dude built like a bowling ball. He was benching like 225 in the season like it was nothing. This kid's a great train. Damn. That's, what, that's, what, that's how you pray boys build them. It's just all gas with him. All gas, no breaks. <laughs> all gas, no breaks. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Got him pretty good a couple times this summer. Man, I would love to see what the Huskies gym looks like in the summertime when you guys are all just there training and, and hanging out. I bet you there's a lot of bombs and a lot of beaks being being thrown around. It was uh, this summer was probably like the first time we had it back. Like because because usually like there's. They train a little bit in the summer once or twice. They pop in. A lot of guys kind of go back home. And a couple guys that linger on Saskatoon, we have open gym. But we scrim this summer with the Canada Games guys. It was, who do we have? We had Braden Friesen as one of our receivers from Alberta. We had myself at opposite. We had Tyler up in the middle. Davin Pascal in the middle. Uh, who was setting for us? Mark Armstrong was setting for us. And then our other receiver, we had Emmett Graham, and we were playing. And those young guys, they're pretty chippy. But and then we played the other SAS boys, all of us old boys, and it just got mopey. Got it, got it. That's our game. That's our game in SAS. We play. It's almost like 
it's hockey style. Hundred percent. It's like it's like being out in the ODR, right? I love it. I mean, I love it. I love throwing a little jab here and there, but that's all in good fun. But yeah, the summer was pretty electric. That one scrimmage we had was pretty fun. Hey, if you guys if you guys do that again, make sure you guys <laughs> film it with audio. I don't know what it is yeah. this thing in volleyball where we just love to film games without audio. It's like no, we we yeah. we want the audio. So you guys do that again. Make sure you film it with audio. And 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 let me see it because that, that's something I'd, I'd I definitely want. I'll get Sean to throw up the camera, and we can hopefully throw it down right when I get back. It'll be fun. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. T- t- tell Sean that Everett Everett told you, and uh, we'll 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 get it done. <laughs> Uh, as as I'm, I know you, you things are probably getting late up there, so we should wrap things up. But you know, you, you've talked about wanting to go back to to Sask, maybe PA, maybe Saskatoon to to teach a little bit. Is is coaching in your future as well? Like to me, it, it seems like it has to be. You, it, you yeah, seem like I, a natural. I love it. I love it. I mean, there's such a there's such a stark difference from being a player and being a coach. And I think I'm gonna have to really work on that, like how to disconnect myself as a player how to be the coach but i think that's going to be such a such a fun and such a unique challenge i'd love to go back and do my master's of coaching maybe some i would love to go back and assistant coach with the huskies maybe go for a head coaching job if one ends up opening itself up in a few years but i think that's probably the next challenge after this chapter closes probably the next decade Fair enough. And hey, if 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 that not there, there's nothing wrong with just going back and being a high school coach, being a club coach. You know, that I'm so excited for that. Oh, I will coach club. I will coach high school. I'll do the whole shebang. Hey, and you know what? Whoever whoever gets you as a coach at the high school and club level, even at the university level, is is getting is definitely getting more than than you know than than others. So that's uh, yeah. they're the lucky ones for sure. Yeah, we'll try not to throw a chair Bobby Knight style or break the clipboard, but... Uh, hey, you know, time and place, right? Time and place. Sometimes you need to light a bit of a fire, right? Some Sometimes the boys need a little bit of, of a get going. That's why we still have fights in hockey. No fights in, in, in volleyball, so sometimes you got to throw a clipboard or two. Yeah, I'm down for it. I'm always good to spark the boys. Yeah, as, as long as you don't throw it any at any of them, you know, that's yeah. a... Especially these days, that's a quick no-no. Throw it down your force and get it to snap. 100%. You know, depending yeah. on how close the wall is behind you, too, you can always just yeah. onto the back. Exactly, yeah. Awesome. Well, Dalton, can't thank you enough for coming to chat today. It was super great getting to know you a little bit and get to hear about your experiences uh, in in the Plus Liga. Best of luck tomorrow against Olshin. Um Yeah, well, go give it give it your best, and we'll be uh, watching throughout, throughout the end of the year. Um, if you guys want to follow uh, Dalton, we're starting to post some more live streams and some more um, um, schedules and stuff like that. So if you want to join the Volleyball Source Discord, you can just do do that below. We've got a Today's Matches that k- lets you follow everything going on in uh, most of the leagues. And um, Dalton, can't thank you enough once again. Best of luck and uh, excited to see what you what you do next. No, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure and it's nice to talk to the fellow Canuck and build this canadian volleyball brand yeah uh, absolutely we got we got to let people know we got to let people know that we play with a little bit of a, a chip on our shoulder play with a little swagger play with the ledge and i gotta get me some of that nine by nine swag i'm gonna get myself some hold of that i mean i i think right now is the time because we're about to drop we are two people away from 
No, sorry. We're three people away from hitting a thousand people in the Discord. We hit ten thousand people on YouTube on the the 2.0 channel uh, just the other day, and I said on the nine by nine on uh, Tuesday night that once we hit ten thousand people on YouTube and a thousand people in the Discord, uh, that we were going to drop a nice little sale. So we're three people away from joining. And yeah, I will be. I will definitely order it back home and send it to the old Canadian address. All right. Well, appreciate that. Let me know when when you do. I'll toss you a nice little, uh, nice little discount and uh, get some of that, get some of that gear out in the prairies. And you know what? I think I I'm sad to say that Sask uh, that Saskatchewan is the one of the provinces that I have never covered volleyball in. I've done it yeah. in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick, and I've done it in PEI. It's truly just S- Saskatchewan and, and Newfoundland that I haven't been to. I was super sad when I couldn't go to uh, what was it, World League back in 2016. Yeah, 2016 is when when, yeah, Sa- 2016, yeah. when when Sask hosted. I wasn't able to go to that, so I need. I know I need to get myself out to to Saskatchewan sometime to to check it out. We can get you out in the 306 without a doubt. We'll take good care of you. All right, sounds good. Well, guys, thank you very much, Dalton. Have a great uh, right. have a great rest of the season. We'll talk soon. Thanks thank a lot, you, guys. Everett.